0: I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Well, welcome back uh, our friend Jelana Goebel for another conversation. And this time we're going to talk about Jelana's book.
1: Hey Jelana. Hey. Welcome
0: back, Jelana. Hello, a, Christopher.
1: Glad to be with you guys. <laughs> Ryan Fur. <laughs> Ryan Fur.
2: I'm not an authorized so that's nickname. Good. <laughs> hey, listen, Jelana, this is your third episode with us. And if we start getting um start getting um, tweets and emails that say well, can this thing become a full person? Because Jelana was delightful. Um
1: we're She's gonna, like, we're gonna let, you let you know. Oh uh, no, I it's love a being little with crazy. You guys. Are you kidding
3: me? <laughs>
0: awesome awesome um, awesome
1: as chris is making up nicknames for ryan yeah and not you an know, authorized, nickname. But, but see, but authorized. But,
0: denied but see you know christopher is it's a great three-syllable name it is you know it's got the, yes. the hard consonants in there <laughs> and yet then there's ryan and ryan has really lended itself well to i i guess the Formality that Christopher yeah, seems to that have. Does, right?
2: It does say Christopher on your birth certificate. It, it does. does not say Ryan <laughs> fur on <or> mine. <laughs> Uh, also Ryan. also, it's, also still, it's still fucked think think of all the great like Bono that needs no that's four letters It communicates everything you also need that is name. <laughs> that's true it's not <laughs> <a real name. laughs> I mean, his his mama know. didn't name him Bono didn't Bonio. we start the
1: last episode talking about names I feel like we did I felt was... like we were going
2: to talk about Jel- <laughs> the origin of Jelana but that never happened
0: <laughs> well we did we just didn't record that for everyone uh, else to hear okay. yes. <laughs> my bad now, I wasn't in the room at the time oh, so you will have to tell me privately <laughs> but speaking of Jelana yes Jelana. Tell us about Jelana. She's written a book.
1: Yes, she has. uh,
0: Which we we touched on briefly in one of the prior episodes with Jelana. It's called No Sugar Coating, The Coffee Talk You Need About Foster Parenting. And that's what it looks like for everyone watching on video. And if you're not watching on video, that means you're not subscribed to our Patreon. And we'll talk about that later. But Jelana, how did... Masterfully done, Christopher. Thank you very much. That's why I get paid the big bucks.
1: <laughs> Not really. Uh,
0: so, Jelana, <laughs> how did you come to write this book?
1: So
3: um being a foster parent for a long time and working um with Embrace Oregon and connecting with a lot of foster families. Um one of the one of the activities that we do with embrace organ is that we host these monthly coffee houses called explore fostering coffee houses mm. and really we just take we invite families that have been fostering that have had a variety of experiences and in terms of how long they've been fostering and what age kids you know that they that they take in foster care and just what their experience has been and we create these these coffee shops where we literally rent out a coffee shop after hours and we just invite folks to come. And then we invite folks that are interested to come and to have this conversation. And I've facilitated those conversations for years. I love doing it. They're always a little different, but we basically hit on like the eight to nine most most asked questions about foster care. And then we always have a a DHS surfire present as well to talk, you know, just a high-level bullet point overview of what it takes to be certified, and then we open it up for questions. And so it's a mm. really simple format. Um, but this book came to be, Chris, um, because I felt like even though that was really a valuable time and it is, I facilitated one just a few nights ago and it's something that we're doing on a monthly basis and they're really popular, I still felt like there I had more to say than what mm-hmm. that 90 minute gathering could um could capture. And I really started thinking about, especially in my one-off conversations that I know y'all have with with people all the time. It just yeah. felt like, wow, I feel like I'm saying similar things over and over and over again. If it, if I would just take the time to write it down in a small, compact little guidebook, mm-hmm. um, this feels like it could maybe um, go farther than just who I have the capacity to meet with personally and, you know, curating these, um, these, these, uh, explore fostering conversations. And so that was really the heartbeat behind it was, was feeling like, wow, this is, this is so good for folks to be, um, learning from people who are actually doing it. Because I think like we've talked about in other episodes, You know, there's the idea of what something's like, and then there's the reality. And oftentimes those things don't match up. And so writing No Sugar Coating um, was really thinking back on what I wished I'd known about how this journey was going to change my life. And also kind of along with that, those bigger kind of um, bigger concepts of of the way that my life would change through how my lens of seeing the world changing Mm -hmm. through foster care along with a lot of the practical things that honestly I've learned the hard way um, in terms of creating margin and taking care of yourself and, and just some of those practical things that um, I wish somebody had kind of sat me down and had a no sugar coating talk with me to just shoot me straight. So this is, this is, that's what I attempt to do in no sugar coating.
1: I love it. I am, I do a monthly waiting families group where we get together at a little cafe and we so similar. Um, it's the same thing, and and it's yeah. usually a really small, intimate group. But there's, it's rotating people, and every month it's different people. Sometimes we have one family who is waiting for a long time, and they just need that connection. Um, but I always bring books and resources to give away, and your book is one of the ones that I bring oh, because we always so. have foster parents. And I what I like about it is that it's small enough that we can give it to them and they don't feel overwhelmed by another book to read. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not like, Okay, well my agency already said I needed to read, you know, these ten books and watch mm-hmm. these videos and now you think I should read something else. <laughs> but really it's something they can pick up and easily just immediately get questions answered and, mm. and just get little nuggets of information, but also what I've encouraged them to do too, is give it to their parents or the support people in their life to answer some of their questions. Because that's what I've found is that that next circle of people don't really understand the process and and they're not going to read the big books that we're reading as foster parents preparing. They're not going to watch all the videos or go to the trainings, but to be able to give them just this really just simple um book that they can just say, hey, here's the reality of foster care. And I think this will help you understand what we're going through. And that is that's what people have grabbed on to is like, yes, I need that for my parents. My parents keep asking me questions that I don't know the answer to. So I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna pass it along to them. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. I love having that resource. So I'm so glad that you wrote it down because it is it's an invaluable resource it's a quick and
0: easy read too it's less than 90 pages i read it today like today i I read it the whole thing yeah Yeah. so it's it's like uh kayla just said it it's packed full of these little nuggets that Mm -hmm. are because uh john you you wrote this in like a letter form you know each chapter is just basically a different section of the letter Mm -hmm. and uh that so it flows like a letter to like, you're just reading a letter from a friend,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: which I know is very intentional on your part. And it, it totally works because it makes it easy to read and mm-hmm. you just want to keep reading it.
3: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I knew that there, you know, all of those little, I wanted to keep it succinct, all of those little chapter titles. And I knew, you know, just keeping it to a paragraph or two, any of us could write 10 pages about one of those things, right? right? But I intentionally tried to keep it really short, just feeling like this is uh, just a, a flyover of of things that people need to be aware of, that they're going to find out soon enough, but, um, and have the opportunity to dive deeper in, but um, that these are good things to just be aware of going into your journey. I really wrote it for prospective foster parents, obviously, um, but have been pretty humbled by the amount of current foster parents that have said, like, actually this helps reconnect me to my why. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Mm -hmm. you said, Kayla, like this helps my parents or my sister better understand our life because we all know the alienation that can come Mm -hmm. when people just feel like they're either unsupportive because they don't understand or, um you know, there's just kind of a divide of like, well, we didn't sign up for this. So yeah. um, I think just for for prospective foster families, and then so many of them turn into adoptive families to just know like, yeah, your friendship group is very likely gonna change yeah. um, as you yeah. do this for a variety of reasons. And it's good to just, um, you might not know exactly what that looks like, but it's just good to have a pulse that that, that, mm-hmm. that that's a possibility. So um doesn't take away the grief, but it takes away the shock. Yes.
2: Right. Yeah, yes. I mean that that certainly is, is true in our life, right? We were in a small group uh, at our, at a at a church and um you know we have six kids and everybody else in the group had, four, had two kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we we were the the odd couple out and yeah. and felt increasingly isolated in that group and found out that they were sometimes doing some things outside of our regular meeting times and not letting us know because they just didn't want to deal with all, all the additional kids and, so painful, and
3: guys.
2: yeah. I'm and sorry. then, and then question some of our parenting decisions. And it was really, I mean, it was, it okay. wasn't just that it was, it was painful, uh, to us in, in that regard, but it was also a little bit wounding to our pride. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and then Chris at the time said, Hey, why don't we just start a, a group of our own that is, um, but it's foster parents and adoptive parents, and so we did that. We started a group that is to, that everybody was an adoptive parent or had fostered or something of that nature, and um, it's it's so it's so great because when you're around people who get it, it's like you're living in 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 a judgment-free zone for a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. Because yeah. when you're out there in the world, people kind of judge your parenting, you know. I know when. Judge Kay-
1: kids, judge you know. I mean, there's so many things. When you- Kayla
2: sits on the floor in 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 Walmart, <sighs> trying to help a nine year old who's just losing it, yeah. um, you know, people d- walk by and like, uh, why is that yeah. woman allowing that? You know, and mm. so, yeah. and so yeah. I mean, that's that's a really great great point. But but we would never have thought that our 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 community was going to change because of the way we chose to build build our family. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I was writing a book like that, I probably wouldn't have thought to include that. Mm. Um, but but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. needs that part of the story needs to be told.
3: Well, I um, did a rough draft of this. And then I, um, so many of our dear community our foster and adoptive parents, the people who just get it and um, really just said, okay guys, shred it, like tear it apart. What mm-hmm. does it ring true to you? What's mm-hmm. missing? What, it, what, what should I, you know, what have I written in here that needs to be um, emphasized more or taken out? And so I just really like took their feedback um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, It was the bullet points of it were mostly there, but I, I feel like, uh, it was through the feedback of several friends that really Mm. said, you have to talk about relationships changing. Um, and again, very brief in the book, I don't go really into it, but that was, um, something that, um, that I, I give them credit for, 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 um, seeing that was missing in the first, in the first round
2: yeah. You, know, you you quote one of one of my favorite verses in the Bible here in at the beginning of chapter two Micah six eight, oh, right? Yeah. Do justice, walk humbly, love mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love that. Um, I love also you know the the first part of that verse where, where he says the prophet says what does the Lord require of you? Mm-hmm. And I think that if that if you know. For people of faith, obviously, that that holds d- different impact. But I think that just the culture at large, if people could just embrace this concept of humility, mercy, and justice, I think mm-hmm. our world would be a different place. I think that the child welfare system would look differently. I think that racial tension in our country would look differently. So... So anyhow, I just wanted to say that that I love that that verse is included in there because it's so profound in those six little words that are communicated and, and would have such a positive impact on everything we do if we would just embrace that and if and if we think about foster foster care as um, as being used by God to bring justice to somebody else's life, mm. I, I think that that we might we might lose our sense of self in that in a good way, right? Mm. That we wouldn't we wouldn't be thinking. What do I get from this? Look how this makes me look. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, when we're working with parents, um, we get the the root of it uh, is, that, is that they don't really like the way their child's behavior makes them look yeah. as parents, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I remember we were at a conference earlier this year and I said something to that effect and there was like an audible groan in the room. Yeah. Like people <laughs> did not like that, but that's the truth of, of the matter, yeah. um, which is probably why it's better that you wrote a book like this than I did because, because testify
1: <laughs>
2: the first time Chris is agreed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's funny. I'm just kidding.
1: No, but it needs to be said. I think it's, it's important that people hear the good, bad, and the ugly, mm. um, because there's a lot of good, there's a lot of great things. I mean, I know that we have, um, just who we are has changed. In a good way, as far as we have been refined, we have been um, made aware of things that we probably would have just gone on unchecked for a long time, Um, things in our life that we didn't want to um, maybe address, but we had no choice because of um, things that our kids had been through or behaviors that we were dealing with, or, you know, just think ways we were being triggered. And so... Mm. Having somebody tell you that upfront, that there's going to be these good things, but there's also going to be these hard things. Yeah. At least in those moments of of really hard, um, you go, "Oh yeah, I remember. I remember mm-hmm. that I was told this was going to happen, mm-hmm. um, and I don't feel so alone because I mean, I remember." one of the hardest kiddos we had in our home and they she was like shredding books and you know her brother was sitting over in the corner just crying and we were like what did we just sign up for and i remember pulling out a five-year-old girl it was
2: oh wow i got a story about that foster place (laughs) i I
1: remember just sitting there like pulling out all the resources that we had had in our training and going what is it that i'm missing (laughs) where where's the answer to this this shredding of the Library books that's currently happening at my house, you know, mm-hmm. but just just knowing that I knew that I'd heard it somewhere and I wasn't alone in that moment, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom in the whole world that I can't get this kid to calm down yeah. or to regulate yeah. here. I knew that somewhere I'd heard it and I was going to find yeah. the solution. I was going to find um, what I was looking for and that I wasn't alone. And I think that's what your book really really gives foster parents is that, mm-hmm. that place to go back and go, oh, yes, I I did hear somebody did tell me this. <laughs> somebody loved me enough. <laughs> somebody loved me enough to tell me it was going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And I think too, uh, you know, for a lot of foster families, as you have already mentioned, you know, people come to foster care all different ways. And I think yeah. to just give people the freedom to say, there's no shame. Like if you really feel like you're going to be irreparably broken, and you cannot do it. Then yeah. there's no need to feel like you're less than right. um, and you're still wanting to add to your family. like I know, um, I don't say it flippantly, just go the adoption route because I know that that can be so, so, so challenging. yeah, um, as well. And yet at the same time, to continually come back to, The goal of foster care is to return children to their biological families. And I think sometimes um, a lot of the the ways in which I'm able to walk alongside families is just sitting with them in the midst of the heartache Mm -hmm. um, as they process um, a lot of fear around what kind of life a child is going to have when they return back home. Um, and so that's why I really wanted to address some of that in here, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, the, the 24 hours of training that's required in Oregon, uh, while the trainers are well-intentioned and, and are, are are good and even get some good feedback, it just cannot cover everything. Everything. And that's one of the, the very real human emotions of like, what do we, what do we do when we have, when we're intensely fearful of an Mm -hmm. outcome for a child and, all the emotions that come with the inability to change the outcome and thinking about what kind of future a child would have here versus here and then bringing it back to, and ultimately it's really not about where they have the brightest future.
0: You know, Kelly and I, we've never been foster parents. We've only adopted, but being friends with uh, people who have, like the Norths and, and other people that are, you know, in our small group that Ryan mentioned earlier, we've got a, a fairly good understanding of what it's like, even if we've, we've never lived it. And you've got a pretty profound statement in the early sections of your book that you go back to in the, the latter sections of the book. And it's I think it perfectly encapsul- encapsulates foster care. And that's, foster care is a constant invitation to walk a precarious tightrope between reality and hope. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's good.
2: Because you know, we we talked about that. On, I don't know the first or second episode. You're on with us, you know, because you too too much real, and the, I mean there, there's there's real there's real um neg negative consequences that come from that. I don't want to use the word depression lightly, but but mm-hmm. but but too much reality just makes it seem like the mountains too steep to climb, and mm-hmm. but too yeah. much hope leads you to be really disappointed and kind of burn out because yeah. you know you have to tread that tread that fi- fine line and i think the other yeah. thing you have to do um you know you talk about the, this at the end about about never really understanding knowing the influence that you had and yeah. you know that's one of the things we tell pers- prospective foster parents all the time is you really have to think of this as as ministry work because one of the things that, that when you get involved in ministry that that people have gone before you will communicate is that you have to come to terms that you may never, ever see in this life, the impact of the work you did, mm-hmm. right? And, and that idea about sometimes you plant, sometimes you water, because we are so, we live in a results-oriented world. And that's, that's part of the frustration for a lot of people in foster care is that, is that you may, you know, have a child in your home for six months, uh, for 12 months, you know, in, in Texas, the, the reunification target set at 12 months out. And then if that doesn't happen at that point, some other decisions are made on the cases, but but coming to terms with that a child may leave your home and you may go upstairs and lay lay in your bed after that child leaves your home and stare at the fan and wonder did it make a difference at all Mm -hmm. that what you were doing you know but kayla talked about about that you know on one of those other episodes you were on about the family who wrote us a note and said that they just see a real difference in 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 their daughter that they adopted um because of the time in our home and so we we were you know that was the Lord being gracious to us to let us know that it did matter, but yeah. but you're right. I mean, you you have to have the right mentality, knowing that that you're going to do the hard work, but you may never see the results of that, and you really have to be okay with that because I think that is really crucial to having six long-term success as a foster parent.
1: Well, and you said, uh Ryan, you said that you know, we're in a results oh, oriented. No, Ryan. <laughs> no, you said we're, we're in a results oriented world. <laughs> and we're also in an instant gratification world. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. so we, you know, some people sign up to become foster parents thinking I'm going to, I'm going to rescue. I'm going to save, mm-hmm. you know, this
0: kid microwave culture.
1: And yeah. And then they're like, wait, why isn't this kid changing? Mm-hmm. Why, why yeah. are, why are behaviors not changing? And, you know, I was, you know, it, The other day we, so we just got a a composter and Mm. so it's a backyard composter and it's like, you know, you can spin it and it tumbles itself, you know, it tumbles all the stuff inside. And, and so we were making a space for it in the backyard and the kids were putting some leaves that we had in there and, um, Then we were putting some different things in there and our little one, she goes, can I tumble it? And I said, absolutely. So she puts Mm -hmm. the lid on and she goes, how many times do I have to tumble it before it turns into soil? And I was like, oh baby, it's gonna be a three times
2: a day times three hundred and sixty five. It's it's gonna
1: be a while. But she, because that's the world she's grown up in, you know, she literally thought, I'm gonna put a few things in here. We put our apple core in there, we put a banana peel in there, and I'm gonna tumble it four times, and now dirt's gonna come out from my garden, you know? And so it was so funny because I just thought, oh, sweet baby. Yeah, we do live in a results-oriented world. We live in an instant gratification. I want things to happen right now, and that's not the world of foster care. I mean, that is not... That's not what you sign up for. You don't sign up for, um, you know, everything's going to be rosy and cheery and there's going to be this magical, happy ending. We've had plenty of kids that left and we laid and cried because we weren't sure what was going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had plenty of kids that left and we were excited for where they were going because we knew that the grandparents that were taking them, um, just loved and adored them and had been missing them so terribly. You know, we've had both sides of the coin and we've also adopted some of those kiddos and there's, there's so many different results and you don't always know the end of it. And so I think that is absolutely. And
3: I think, you know, what I'm hearing is just that relationship over rescue and Mm. just like not being discouraged from our Mm. divine calling to love ultimately and to recognize that, um, you know, that, that, that kind of Hollywood ending of like, you know, where we're all rooting, you know, somebody's overcoming the obstacle and then right. just kind of like right. fades off into the sunset and the credits roll. And we're all like, yes, Yay. you know, like those, those do happen. And we celebrate that each and mm-hmm. every time, but for a lot of folks, grief comes when we, when we don't see that. And so what yeah. are we going in expecting? And then yeah. to also realize that for, For some families, you know, um, grief can also be when a child stays, not necessarily when they're, when they're leaving and there's that grief of goodbye, but that can be really challenging for, for families to, um, there's just a lot of, a a myriad of emotions there. Right. Um, So, but I think like we talked about before, I think in the world of social media where everything is just picture perfect and, Mm -hmm. and the sound bites on foster care and adoption are just very kind of palatable and what can you share in two sentences and a you know perfectly backlit photo with everybody wearing you know a they're
1: coordinating clean clothes outfits. looking like their
3: models you know <laughs> so I just feel
1: like sometimes not like the same clothes I've been wearing for three days like it's currently right. happening in I mean, my the house same pajamas yeah. the same pajamas yeah. yes I, I need like, you to yes. take a shower 100%. and not put those back on this <laughs> yeah. time you gotta tell one we of my had kids. to
3: have a conversation about not sleeping in our life jacket the other night because we love the compression so that's
0: yes that's awesome. <laughs> a new one for me i have yeah, not huh? heard of that one before
2: yeah i had to tell one of well, my kids today look you're gonna have to change out of your pajamas if you're gonna play in the front yard yes <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah the neighbors saw you in those pajamas yesterday that's right, that's right. they right. need at least clean pajamas today because yeah. well, you
2: know yes. hey so you told yeah. you mentioned hollywood endings um i don't know if you, if you ever watched the tv show mad men or not when it was no i never have um one of the things about mad men because because tv shows and movies are typically written as the redemption story of the central character and uh and so you get to the end of mad men like eight seasons in and you find out in the closing scene of that show that the central character of that show don draper is the exact same manipulative um self-absorbed (laughs) self aggrandizing no like, like 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 eight seasons later it doesn't end with the redemption of of the of the of the central character you realize he's just mm-hmm. the same guy he hasn't changed and and the tv show spans like 1960 to 1970 uh in, in the decade in his life and, and i remember um, now looking back at the at, back at it I, I actually like that ending more in retrospect mm-hmm. but when i watched that final episode i was I, like this is no, like, I know. Were bad, like, yeah, I was yeah. I was upset the entire... The, <laughs> yeah. the, the, I, I felt like I'd wasted eight, se- eight television seasons of my life totally. invested yeah. in it because I want the redemption story. I want the Hollywood ending. I want to know... And when it didn't yeah. didn't happen on the TV show, I was like really messed up <laughs> by it. And, and yeah. I think that, that we get seduced by that in, in real life. I yep. want to know totally. that there was a redemption story in this story. And sometimes you don't get to know that. And that's not mm. to say... Yeah. That, that, that there's no redemption in the story, that's just to say that I have to recognize that I'm only, only a part of that story, Yeah. Yeah. right? It didn't start with me, it doesn't end with me and I have to be faithful to the task. I think we've talked about that uh, several times already, that you have to be faithful to the task in front of you and the task in front of you when you're a foster parent is is seeing the need, meeting the need, uh, uh, being equipped to meet the need, being supported to meet yeah. the need and, and sometimes you've got to seek those out, right? Uh, it's not yeah. like all of a sudden, oh, you're a foster parent, everybody's going to bring you put you on a meal train that doesn't happen for for us you know when we first became foster parents jelana that was part of what really kind of was was really disappointing for us is that we we discovered that um when you when you have when you when children are born to the family people come over to meet the child there's meal trains and stuff when you get a foster placement it's like you know and it was like really it was wounding to us um but 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 you know once we kind of realized that was kind of the thing, uh, we were fine with it because you know b- b- we back set to you, proper expectations. Yeah, back to your book. Forward, you're you're you creating. You're helping people set proper expectations in the book, and so that's why um, we love it. And like Kayla said, we share it wherever we can. We'll put in the show notes how people can can buy it, um, and also we're going to figure out a way to. Um, to give a couple of them away because you have agreed yes. that you're going to. Um, and so yeah. we'll, we'll give them, we'll, we'll find a way to give them away to listeners. Um, I didn't ask you this in, in our email exchange, but, but I'm sure that, that you'll be gracious enough to personalize them with a personal note yes, and, and, absolutely. And, sign them and we'll <laughs> absolutely. send it to them. Um, speaking of, of personal notes, I don't know if you have any more questions about the book or not you want to talk about, Chris, but.
0: Well, I, I did want to talk about the word that Jelana invented. <laughs> and included in the book
3: Hilarisad
0: Hilarisad yes it, it perfectly encapsulates an emotion that I know foster and adoptive parents have all felt uh, at yeah. least once and yeah, they're like <laughs> hangry it'll be added to the dictionary right. one day. And, in the and, future. and mostly Should I'm be. sure we've, we have felt it several times throughout the course of yeah. uh, our lives with our children mm-hmm. so yeah let's talk about sad.
3: Lyric <laughs> is just a, a word that a friend of mine said on the spot. And then it just kind of took off and I thought I'm an, I am, I'm fully embracing this word and I'm going to start using it. And it's basically when something is so sad at its core and yet so funny and almost like out of self-preservation, both are mm-hmm. felt, you know, I think mm. sometimes I think pre foster or adoptive, um, world I think if I'd seen now some of the things that I that I kind of are giggled at giggle at sometimes I would be tempted to think like wow what a dark sense of humor but I think we have to realize (laughs) that that that's like sheer self-preservation and it's never making fun of people um but it is always uh you know it's just it's just a word to to say when both Um, emotions are present. And it was made up when we, after a biological parent that we were really rooting for, like held up, um, did did a small hold up with a ketchup bottle and it
1: just (sighs) did not go
3: well for them. And it just felt like one of those like eye rolling, like, what are you kidding me? And like, how can you not kind of chuckle a little bit but also it had so great consequences yeah. and so hilarious that you guys are welcome to use it if it ever <laughs> ever applies if it ever
1: applies do we have to send you like a quarter every time we use it well. <laughs> no, no. what we're gonna
2: do is uh is we this is this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna do this the first time we use it it's it's like our friend uh jelana gobel likes to say the second time we use it, we're going to say, a wise person once shared with us. And then the Just third time, we're going to say, it's like I've always said.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That is how you
2: steal ideas.
0: That was shared with
2: exactly. me. That's not my, my own. And, and yeah, I'm not, You're
1: still giving credit. I mean, I know, you've but, shared it multiple times. It's I know, like but I'm you've not, always said. Well, I know, but I'm not yeah. going to
2: share who told me that because, uh, because I think people would be, actually be surprised at who told me that because he is a very very uh prominent and well-known figure in
1: in, in, in,
2: in, in foster care adoption and orphan care circles globally
1: <laughs> so i will not yeah. throw
2: jed medicine under the bus
1: <laughs> for telling me that's how you steal
2: ideas <laughs> i remember rem- we were at kfo summit one time and i and i and i'd said something um like like their, their mc um K- carlos whitaker had to cancel like last minute and so uh, Elizabeth Weeby called me and said, "Hey, can you you sub?" And I'm like, "Can I sub? Absolutely!" <laughs> and so and so I emceed one one of the, the days there and I said something and as as and after the break as people are going to the breakouts Jed comes up behind me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and says hey it was really funny when you said da, 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 and this is how I'm going to steal it and he, <laughs> laid out, and he laid out these three points on stealing <laughs> my idea and I'm like I'm going to use that Jed
0: <laughs> I would have still that, and I that. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. but
2: I did tell him I'd never give him credit for it and here I'm doing it and here it, so you are still you're giving wel- him you're- credit for Th- it thank you Jed and you're welcome
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious I think my funny. Maybe uh, hilarious sad? Well, uh, my no, hilarious. it's not hilarious
3: sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not so sad. No, it's, it's just, just funny. not so much it's funny. I, th-
0: I think my favorite hilarious sad example that you use from the book is um, I don't remember the little girl's name, but she was one of your, your foster placements, and she announces at the breakfast table, as if it's nothing in the world, my dad died. Mm. And, and you talk about how. He, you know one of your kids came over and gave her a hug and uh, other kids expressed you know oh that, we're really sorry about that and, a
3: lot of empathy right a lot of empathy yeah. and, you
0: know real good teaching moment you know maybe a proud parenting moment too mm. and then she yeah. follows up with and then he was ate by sharks and
1: yeah. you're like mm-hmm.
3: yeah. yeah everybody's eyes are like you know <laughs> right. at the table and, yeah
1: exactly
3: exactly so You know, and I just feel like the you know that's just a perfect example of just the the you know and and the way kids fill in the details when when they don't they they don't have them yeah yeah. have the words when they don't have them and also just the the infusion of trauma in the midst of everyday cheerio eating Mm. around the breakfast table on a Saturday morning and so I feel like if anything um, people are quite shocked to learn as we all know you know, when welcoming kids from hard places, um, when when those things will pop up, it's not just like when they're in a counseling office or when everything is, you know, quiet or what have you, when all the stars align that they're going to share mm. or disclose something, but it's just in these everyday mm. everyday moments. Yeah.
0: Well, you've also got some really good advice uh, on dealing with the foster care system, uh, including interacting with caseworkers. And so i again not having been a foster parent uh i feel like if that was something that we were going to pursue and and no kelly i have no plans to pursue that (laughs) i I already texted her and said chris wants to be a foster parent. Um, i i i do feel having read the book that i I do have a clear understanding and my expectations are even more tempered than they may have been previously just based on you know friendships with with foster parents or former foster parents. Yeah. So,
2: you know, one thing that, 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 that I liked, you know, when you talk about how to deal with the child, the child welfare system, um, the advice you give in there is really great parenting advice. Mm. And that's the be kind and assertive. Mm. Like sometimes, uh, you know, when we talk to parents, we try to communicate as much as we can that even in the midst of, of, of being assertive, um, you know, you do not have to be big and bad to remind the children that you're in charge. Um, we, have, we have seen a great many strides forward with some of our children and their behaviors, which is obviously a result of actual healing. When we, when Kayla and I sat down and we talked about, look, we need to be kind in our responses. And so a lot of that around bedtime the kids up and down the stairs, instead of saying, go to bed, uh, and all those things that, that listeners have heard us talk about before, when we decided to, to just embrace them and respond kindly, it actually lessened their anxiety because they're, they're literally not trying to stay awake and ruin the evening. They can't. And so, you know, when I, when I, when I saw those words be kind and assertive in the book, I thought to myself, you know, that, that is, the, I, I am going to steal that, Jelana, <laughs> and say and tell people because parents in the midst of being assertive, have to be kind, otherwise you're not going to see receive the results you oh. want to see. You know, Paul writes about how it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. I think sometimes we act like that verse isn't in the Bible, but it is It is that mm-hmm. kindness that leads to change behaviors. That's what he said, and I think that that is true in parenting. Uh, I think that that is true when you're dealing with, th- with caseworkers. I think that's true when you're dealing with the teachers at your children's school. You know, Kayla always tells people, be- before you go down because you know she's a classroom teacher for for, mm-hmm. for 11 years before you go down to the school and make demands on accommodations for your children perhaps you can find out what your uh, your uh, your child's classroom teacher's favorite drink at sonic is and just show up in Coraline with that and after you've done that enough times and they and they think you, that that they've formed this idea about who you really are then you go and approach them kindly um, you know, don't take, don't say, I need, you need to read this book, yeah. um, buy them a copy of the book and say, hey, if you have a chance, this would really help you understand what yeah. my, my child's going through. So, yeah, just, just every yeah. time I see the word be, the words be kind uh, together, it really, you know, makes, gets my attention because sadly, too few people talk about the kindness component of human relationship.
3: Well, and I think that there's, you know, there's a way that we we can engage with one another that alleviates each other's burdens. We may not see eye to eye with child welfare in the direction of the case or whatever, but whatever can be said um, assertively can also be said um, kindly. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that we just need to, to get back to the basics with, with how we engage with with one another. Yeah. Um, because we can, we can either pile on each other's backs or we can alleviate from each other. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of at the end of the day. So we can dogpile and do like what you said, demand, demand, demand. And some people need to have their feet held to the fire. I'm not at all suggesting that people shouldn't be doing their jobs right. well. Yeah. And yet at the same time, you know. So it's kind of a, a basic the way we hope we all engage with one another, but I think especially there's such an us against them dynamic with, with child welfare and foster parents and a way that we can really demonize one another, right? Like if a foster parent's during the waters, they're the troublemaker. And if a caseworker's this, then they're that. And there's just so many ways that things can get off kilter quickly. But I really do feel like, those, those common acts of human decency. And also as I share in the book, like I've, I really try to strive and, um, appreciate people for the ways that they're, the ways that they're engaging. Um, because child welfare, I mean, as we all know, it's like chronically known for low morale. It's, devastating to have that slew of like heinous details Mm -hmm. of abuse and neglect all the time and the reality is the people that answer the phone with like pep in their voice and eager to serve you and those that are just completely checked out are really treated the same Mm -hmm. so I just want to give accolades and just share with people like I see you and I see that like you're in this this really challenging job and thanks for serving me Well, Well, because
1: when they're deserving of the reality is both foster parents and the the caseworkers are doing the best they can. Mm. You know, they're both overworked, underpaid, undervalued, you know, all of those things under. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Underappreciated. It just the list goes on and on and on. And so it's funny that it's set up as an us versus them so often, because in reality, they're. Both kind of in the same boat, you know, as a foster parent, you are trying to advocate for this kid as a caseworker, you're trying to advocate for this kid and they may not always be the same advocating. It may not even, it may Mm -hmm. not seem like you're on the same team, but really you are, you're on, you're on the same team fighting for this kid and for what's best for them. Um, but the system really does, um, it, it doesn't make allowance for that. It doesn't make a, you know, a team mentality most of the time. It's mostly mm. well, you stay in your lane and you stay in your lane and, right. you know, I'll do my thing right. and you do your thing. So, right. yeah. Yeah. That's good.
0: All right.
2: I feel like we could talk all night. but We could.
0: <laughs> but...
2: But however, however, we do have to get up in the morning and take care of our children. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I just want to, want to share this while well. we're here at Central Time Zone and, and Jelan is out the West Coast. Uh, you know, D- Dallas is in Eastern Time Zone. And so we're spanning, the, we're coast to coast tonight across coast the United States. Yes, we are. And it is now, the <laughs> it, 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 um, all of us except this is like time travel because Jelan is still on th- in Thursday and the rest of us are <laughs> Friday, We're on Friday.
1: Yeah. Whoa.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, I just am really grateful that you guys invited me to have a conversation with you. It's been a joy for me and thanks for giving me the opportunity to share more. I feel like I'm talking with people who know, you know, can absolutely write something like this and, so many other things. And so I know that we're all in this together. And so just thanks for believing in, in the way that I put this together. I really appreciate it. Well, uh, thank you
2: for coming on with us. And before you get the official thanks, as Chris wraps it up, um, I want to ask you a question. Um, there, there, there's, sure. there, There's at least one more book in the works, right?
3: I will know officially the answer to that question, Ryan, like at the end of the month, I was supposed to know a few months ago, but, covid world COVID, just kind of turned yeah. that that timeline upside down oh, so we, we hope
1: you write some we more. shall see well, but yes
3: but there is a finished manuscript and we shall see yeah. yes that it is it is done so it's just a matter of what route of publication it takes awesome. and i will i hope we i hope look we look we it to it.
2: Open, you're an internationally famous or author flying around in book signings you'll we'll remember little or less and come back on on the podcast stop, then to talk stop, about stop, it
3: stop. same same as you guys are touring the country which you already do by the way so. oh. yeah, thank you so
2: much for being here and 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 in, so in all in, in all seriousness thank you for for um the professional way that 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 we work with each other and, and thank you for for being our friend we appreciate you on every possible level that we can
3: Likewise. Thank you guys. Well,
0: since everyone's thanked everyone else, I don't feel <laughs> the need to do it now. Chris, i I'd like to thank you for your insightful questions. <laughs> but speaking of questions, if any of our listeners have one, they can email it to us at info at onebighappyhome.com. You can also tweet it to us at one big happy home if you can squeeze your question into 280 characters. Uh, we have a Facebook group for our podcast listeners, but now you have to be a Patreon subscriber to gain access if you're not already a member you can go to patreon.com empowered parent that's where you can also watch the video of this podcast or listen to the audio before it hits the regular podcast feed you can subscribe to our podcast as always in itunes google play store or spotify just search for the empowered parent podcast The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening.